Episode 11, Donna's Todd and Dan Garrison, Garrison Brothers Distillery. There's something about your character growing when you own up to your mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. I'm Mark Rabin. This is my favorite mistake. In this podcast, you'll hear business leaders and other really interesting people talking about their favorite mistakes. Because we all make mistakes, but what matters is learning from our mistakes instead of repeating them over and over again. So this is the place for honest reflection and conversation, personal growth, and professional success. Visit our website at myfavoritemistakepodcast.com. Thanks for listening, and now on with the show. Hi, I'm Mark Rabin. Welcome to My Favorite Mistake. I'm really happy to be joined today by Dan Garrison. He is the founder and CEO of Garrison Brothers Distillery, which is based in High, Texas, which is outside of Austin. We're also going to be joined by Donis Todd. He is the master distiller there at Garrison Brothers. So um, I've known Dan and Donis uh, for a while now. I've had a chance many times to go visit their distillery and I would call both of them friends, but I, I know they had uh, fascinating stories related to mistakes, which is why I've invited them here. Um, I'm wearing a Garrison Brothers, one of my Garrison Brothers um, t-shirts and um, I'm really, really excited to uh, have them on. So thanks for watching and um, cheers, I guess I should say. So we are joined first by Donis Todd. He's the master distiller uh, for Garrison Brothers. Donis, how are you? Doing great, Mark. Thanks. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's uh, it's good to see you. And I want to say, I'm probably not the first to say, but I want to say congratulations on uh, being named uh, the U.S. Micro Whiskey of the Year, uh, third straight year by the Jim Murray Whiskey Bible, the uh, the Balmeray release. So uh, congratulations. That's awesome news. Thank you. It's uh, it's been a a great little double barrel bourbon that's uh, really uh, checks a lot of boxes for a lot of people, and I just love that uh, folks are just enjoying it and sharing it. But thank you. Yeah, it's great. I, I have my bottle here. Uh, if it wasn't eight in the morning California time, I would be having a sip while um, we were talking. I did I did enjoy some last night, but this is right. um, a pretty special, precious bottle. So uh, going to make it last. <laughs> No, no judgment here. I, I taste barrels at 4 a.m. So uh, yeah. some people call it work. The, that makes me feel a little better about it. So no judging here. Yeah. But it, it is open and I am, I am enjoying it. I'm not collecting it or uh, saving it. Thank you. It's made, made to enjoy uh, in moderation. Yeah. So, you know, in, in our theme of, of mistakes, I mean, gosh, we, we often don't enjoy our mistakes and and maybe we make mistakes in moderation, but there are certain mistakes that turn out to be um, good learning opportunities or if you will, a favorite mistake. So Donis, what's your favorite mistake? All right. So Mark, before I jump into my favorite mistake story, uh, I'd like to just uh, share something with you that I implemented about a decade ago uh, was that uh, we were going to own up to all of the mistakes we make. And believe it or not, we make quite a few here and sometimes it costs us a lot of money. And uh, we've had things where folks have stuck the forks through a building and burned up a pump. And the reason that uh, I wanted to, to implement this and I did implement it was I didn't want to get caught not knowing that a piece of equipment wasn't ready available to me and be surprised and then not have what I needed. So uh, 
on your next visit, as you walk around the distillery, if you happen to see someone's initials to uh, where the hides knocked off of something, you'll understand. And what we did, we said, we're going to own up to our mistakes. We're going to get the group together and say, hey, I just burned this up because I didn't open this valve. And we're going to learn from that mistake. And we're going to get that pump replaced. So when the next person needs it, it's ready available. And uh, the learnings from implementing this has been huge. My team, uh, we're, we're much closer, we're much tighter. We all have matured and grown up so much. There is just, there's something about your character growing when you own up to your mistakes. And uh, we've just learned so much from it. I didn't expect all of that, uh, but just the personal growth and the growth of my team. So I just wanted to share that with y'all before I jump into my uh, up-to-date uh, favorite mistake at Garrison Brothers. Yeah, well, that's great. And, and look, that, that's, that's a really important culture for any organization. You talk about the personal development that comes from that. Um, but when we hide mistakes, we can't learn from them as an organization. You know, in, in my work in healthcare, that's something that hospitals are really battling is changing their culture so that people um, don't hide and, and cover up mistakes. Because when, when, when people are afraid of being blamed or punished for something that maybe isn't their fault even, um, that just drives mistakes underground and then the hospital doesn't learn and the organization and even sometimes the patients suffer. So thank you for, for setting that example of, of sharing how important that is to, you know, um, create that. And, and you as one of the leaders creating that environment where uh, people can do that. Yeah. The, the growth has been unbelievable. And it, that was, that was luck. I, I did it. So I wouldn't get caught without a piece of equipment ready available. And I did not have the, the vision to know all the benefits personally and for my team and for our facility, what would come of it, you know, so many years later that that was luck. Um, so we have it. It's been one of the best things that that I've implemented for sure. Oh, great. That is a good habit. Like you said, owning up to mistakes. Um, going back to before we get to your favorite mistake, you know, back in episode two, I talked to uh, Congressman Will Hurd. And he told a story about some mistakes he made the first time he ran for Congress and he lost. And like you said, he owned up to it. He didn't blame anybody else or throw some consultant under the bus. You know, I really admire and appreciate that he said, you know, he made some decisions and it turned out to be wrong and it was all on him, but he learned from it. And then he ended up winning election three times. Yeah, there's definitely something for owning up to your mistakes. So so my... Uh, <clears throat> My favorite mistake uh, to date <laughs> mm -hmm. at Garrison Brothers, and uh, it would be uh, this chunk of 100 barrels uh, that I filled in 2012. And in 2015, uh, they were a little over three, three and a half years old, 15-gallon barrels, and I absolutely loved them. The bourbon was small batch quality. And I should have used those barrels right then and there, mm. but I did not. I had a great plan to age these a little longer and uh, thinking that maybe I could make it better, uh, a future release better. So I uh, put them in back into the barns, these hundred barrels and aged them through 2016 and into 2017. 
Some folks may or may not know, uh, 2017 was the second warmest summer in the history of Texas. We had over 100 days, over 100 degrees, and these barrels just got hammered by Texas heat. So as five-year-olds in 2017, I had already dumped all of the barrels that I needed to make my cowboy when I realized that these barrels that I should have used in 15 were almost completely empty. I should have used them in the 2017 cowboy, but I realized it too late. Mm. Uh, So now I had to save these barrels and put them into my single barrel program, cast strength. I, towards the end of 17, I started using them and in 2018, I used them. These barrels, uh, as five-year-olds, very high proof, only were yielding, some made four bottles, Mm. seven bottles. They should have been making 50 bottle yields. So the average of those 100 was only 19, 20 bottles. So to make the math easy at 20, and I should have got 50, and those 100 barrels, I literally lost uh, 3,000 bottles of bourbon that I should have just used in 15. Wow. So it it hurt. It hurt financially. It hurt my pride to make such a stupid mistake. Um, so I did have some positives. I learned um, there was a, there was a uh, barrel, the way the barrels went together, the front, the heads of the barrels had a little side stave in them uh, with, our intense Texas heat in that 2017 summer and the extended aging, I learned that I shouldn't allow the cooperage to build some bar- build barrels that way mm-hmm. with that little chunk at, towards the bottom. Um, I learned how to make a cast strength uh, single barrel, you know, up over 140 proof. So if I need that in my tool belt uh, in the future, I know how to do that is not fill the barrel completely up uh, and leave it extended amount of time in a hot environment. Uh, And that will help. And it has helped future releases of my cowboy, which is a great, great brand for Garrison brothers because of the halo effect. We don't sell that many. We don't make that many bottles of cowboy. Mm -hmm. Therefore we don't sell that many, but we make a lot of bottles of small batch. So people go looking for cowboy, but I only make a couple thousand bottles of it a year. So then they buy my small batch. So there was some positives in there. uh, But that's my, to date, my favorite mistake. Yeah. Well, so let's, I mean, and I appreciate that you shared, you know, there were lessons learned from that and things often end up then better as a result. But, you know, it's just going to go back to the mistake. I mean, I don't know if you're being fair to yourself to call it a stupid mistake. I mean, there are times where we, we don't know what we don't know, right? You made a prediction of what you thought was the best path for those barrels based on what you knew at the time, right? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, we, uh, I believe uh, in my position, I should always try to make a better bourbon every single day. And, you know, that's, it, it, I really was trying to make a better bourbon. Um but looking back on it, I really should have just, they were, they were delicious. Those hundred barrels, they're, they're, they were good. I should have, uh, sometimes that you just, I just always want to make it better, make it better. And that one cost me. 
Mm. Well, and then how much of it was, you mentioned 2017 being hotter and, you know, for, for people who don't know about whiskey making and, and the aging, you know, there, there's this evaporation every year, the quote unquote angels share. So did that hotter summer just lead to more angel share than you would have anticipated more loss from that? Exactly. Yeah. That, that, that 2017 summer, you know, tripled our annual average of evaporation angel shares, they call it in the industry, but you know, every year I'm losing 10 to 12% of everything that's aging on the ranch to evaporation. And that crazy hot summer and that unique design on the front of those barrels really expedited that and left me with those barrels that <laughs> yielded such low, low numbers. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, the other thing that's interesting to me about that story is that there wasn't just a single fix to it, that there were, you know, these different lessons learned that um, all then come together um, to set you up for success in the future. Yeah, it definitely, uh, it, when I look back on it, there was not only multiple things where I could have prevented it, <laughs> mm -hmm. but there was things that made it compound for sure. It just, it, the snowball effect. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and, and maybe I'll, you know, I'll get to ask Dan about this also. I mean, how did, how did Dan react to it? I mean, you're still here. <laughs> so yes. He couldn't uh, have reacted too badly, but, um, you know, I, I am truly blessed. Uh, Dan has uh, been very, very patient uh, with the craft, the art, the craftsmanship of making bourbon is uh, in, in, I'm sure in any environment, but here in Texas, uh, we've, I've been with, with Dan and Garrison Brothers for 13 years. And uh, Dan has always been willing to give me the time to learn from my mistakes and understand that, you know, it, people look at us like we're crazy, but, you know, I say in 10 years, you know, I think I'll have this new brand figured out. We talk in decades and Dan has been, I'm truly blessed. He's been very, very patient with me and um, has allowed me to make some costly mistakes, uh, but to learn from them uh, with, we are always trying to make a better bourbon. And, you know, it's, he, he has been very patient with me and he took it as well as anyone can take when you tell them that you just cost them a whole lot of money because you just made a mistake. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not great, but again, you know, learning from it and, and maybe even being better off or stronger for it is what makes all the difference. Uh, yeah. And he just told me in time, we'll forget about that loss and we'll, we'll gain from from this knowledge, you know, just keep applying, learn knowledge and keep making better bourbon. And we'll eventually forget about, you know, the, the, the revenue loss we'll forget about in time. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's so many good things that have happened again, the, the ball Marais release three years running now, um, you know, award-winning the cowboy bourbon that you mentioned has been uh, a whiskey of the year at one point, I believe, or I know it's definitely been award-winning as well. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, the Cowboy Bourbon has actually won Micro Whiskey of the Year uh, two times, and, you know, it, it continues to win awards, as does Balmeray, and, yeah. and those are all those, you know, learning from, you know, mistakes and learning just from repetition and time, and, you know, if you're not getting better at something, maybe it's time to do something different, so... <laughs> 
Yeah. And then it's just curious in general, like when it comes to um, whiskey making and the different steps of the process and, and for the listeners and the viewers might not realize I've had the benefit of visiting Garrison Brothers many times and uh, have seen pretty much the whole process from uh, beginning to end. I mean, there, there are a lot of different things that could go wrong along the way between problems with the grains or problems with the cooking or the distilling or it gets spilled at some point along the way, um, that, that whiskey that survives uh, to the barrel and to the bottle and the glass. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's survived what, what could be in some ways a perilous journey, if you will. Yes. And it, it makes that, you know, it, and that just adds to that 2012 story is to, to have a hundred barrels and have them perfect when there could have been so you know, those hundred barrels could have easily only been 50 or 25 or 75 because of all the, all the, all the things that had to go right to have a hundred. And then you actually have a hundred, then they age correctly. You know, that's, that's a lot of wins. A lot of stuff went your way. And that is another reason that, you know, in, you know, 2020 is about over and no one's probably going to complain that it is that I'm still, you know, I'm still mulling over a mistake from 2012 is, because to have a barrel of whiskey is not an easy feat and to go and mess up a hundred of them, <laughs> yeah. you know, <laughs> it hurt. Still yeah. hurts. Well, yeah. Well, well th thank you for being willing to admit and share that story. It's so tempting to want to just tell the success stories, but um, I appreciate you sharing not just from that mistake, but you know, about the culture that you're building there in general. So um, later tonight at a, a more appropriate time, I say, yeah, I know you're not judging, but the viewers or listeners might, I will uh, pour some Balmeray and say cheers to you uh, at that time. So All right, honestly, thank you. Thanks for uh, joining us. Thanks for all your support. Sure thing. So, hey, while we're talking about mistakes, the audio coming up next with Dan Garrison is not as clear as we would have liked, but publishing it anyway. If there's anything you have trouble making out, there's a full transcript available at markgraben.com slash mistake 11. Well, and so we are also joined today uh, by Dan Garrison. He is the founder and CEO of Garrison Brothers. Dan, how are you doing? I'm so good. It's not fair to the rest of the world, Mark. Thanks for having me on. Sure thing. And uh, thanks. Thanks for what you share with the world, including uh, your bourbons. And uh, I'm glad you're going to be able to share stories here with us today. For sure. Thanks for drinking it. We appreciate that. Yeah, congratulations again on uh, American Micro Whiskey of the Year, um, three years running. It's actually, it's five out of the last seven years. And uh, it's, uh, it's, it's been a real honor. Yeah. And so, yeah, that, that includes a couple of years of the Cowboy Bourbon receiving that designation as well, right? right? Cowboys won it twice yeah. and uh, Balmeray, which you had in your hand, that's won three times. Back to, you know, your experience of um, founding and, and growing Garrison Brothers, what would you consider to be your favorite mistake, Dan? Um, in April of 2016, I had a number of bourbon evangelists working for me. Uh, they were covering different regions of Texas. And I asked them to visit all of the Total Wine and More stores in the state of Texas and do an inventory count on what products, Garrison Brothers bourbons they had on the shelves because there was something wrong and I couldn't figure it out. I knew that we had shipped all of these single barrels out to the Total Wine and More stores. I knew we'd shipped small batch out to the stores, 
But you'd go in one store and there'd be no small batch on the shelf and, and two dozen bottles of single barrel on the shelf and a, a couple of cowboys and a bottle, right? Then you'd go to another store and there was no Garrison Brothers to be had anywhere. And I knew that this was some sort of technical error. And I was in a conversation, an email thread conversation with my Republic National Distributing Company manager who manages the Texas Total Wine More stores. And I used a line in the email that said something like, it's almost as if they're intentionally trying to crush my business. And I copied the president of Total Wine and More on that email. And I woke up the next morning to a very angry email from a wonderful gentleman named Eli Aguilera, who he and I have become close friends over the years. And um, we, it, it's amazing how a tragic into a partnership or relationship can be rebuilt over time. And it can make that partnership even stronger. Today, we are in every Total Wine and More store in the United States, which is somewhere in the neighborhood of 250 stores. Eli has been a huge fan of ours. They do a supplier index rating every year as to what suppliers they like working with and which ones they don't. And we've scored the highest um, in their rankings in the past two years. I think this year, we're probably going to do more than $2 million worth of sales through Total Wine and More stores nationwide. And the partnership is absolutely rock solid. I've gotten to know all of Eli's people very, very well personally. And we love working with them. We love working with them today. So sometimes you just learn that you can't burn bridges and you you need to repair broken relationships because at some point in your life, you're going to come around full circle and you're going to be doing the business with that person again, even if it's in a totally different industry. So that's my favorite mistake. Well, there's there's a good redemption story from from that one, and um, I mean, what what do you think? You know, going back to the moment, um, was it a bad assumption that you made about you thought maybe they were trying to hurt you, or was it just a moment of I've been guilty of this? I've made this mistake a lot of having an emotional reaction and firing a response, and then thinking, oh, hmm, I should have slept on that. That was my error. I should have slept on it, and I should have trusted my bourbon evangelist team that was out in the field mm. to get it right. They were going to do the counts. They were going to report it back to, to Republic National Distributing Company. And it was just simply a function of some of our bourbon brands. The UPC code on the side of the bottle was entered incorrectly in Total Wine and More Systems or in Republic National's uh-huh. system. Mm-hmm. And if I had just waited one more week and encouraged them to look at it one more time, it probably would have, would have resolved itself. But instead, I had to fire off a heated email, which was just a stupid mistake. So have you have you gotten better at sleeping on it and not firing off the, the email? I'm better, but I'm still not good. I'm still, I still get heated. And um, my business is so important to me. I love what we do. And I'm so proud of my team and my people. And so if uh, just like anybody else in my company, if somebody comes after our folks and says something to me or, or seems to be doing something that negatively affects us or talks bad about us, I, I tend to go off on a rant and um, I need to control my emotions a little bit more. I did a similar one with a, a Florida bourbon drinker who um, said he didn't like that bottle of Balmeray that you just showed up on the screen. And he gave off this, this blistering review of it, um, even though it had just been named American Whiskey of the Year two years in a row. And, and I sent him a replacement bottle of it. I said, I said, I don't know why you don't like it, but you know, here's a gift to you for free. And he 
fires off another one that says that it's horrible and it doesn't taste right and it's got an off flavor to it. And I just said, you know, enough is enough. And I and I chewed him out publicly online and probably lost a customer. And um, if I had it to do over again, I'd do it very differently. Well, I mean, if if to his preference, if he wasn't liking the bourbon, he might have you know not, not been a customer already anyway. He doesn't have to buy it. <laughs> you know, yeah. if he doesn't like it, he doesn't like it. And and I hate to lose a customer, but um, firing off uh, cursory, rude reviews online really isn't the best solution for anybody. I think the, the the praise and the positive words and and the awards far outweigh the occasional negative review. I mean, like you know, thinking of my own work, um, putting uh, you know, ha- having books out there. I've won a couple of book awards. It's not as big a deal as winning whiskey awards in, in my book. Um, and, and and the five-star reviews are great, but then sometimes like, oh, oof, somebody didn't like the book and I get a two-star review. Yeah. And um, that, that it's, it's hard to put that aside and say, well, sometimes you, you, you can't please everybody all the time. I, I know how the, that, 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 that kind of review can stay. Just like with your literary efforts, I consider our bourbon an artisan product. It's a craft. It's it's, uh, it's it's my art. It's my art, and if my art offends someone, that 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 hurts me. And that, but that's the trouble. If you're going to be an artist, that's what you have to contend with. If you're going to release your art to the public. Somebody may not like it, and you have to be ready for that. And you have to have the guts to do it anyway. Yeah, and and you, you you've got you know the passion for the business and the product and the people, and and sometimes that passion is going to. Uh, leak out in different ways, right? For sure. Um, so thinking of the relationship um, with Total Wine, I mean, I've, I've heard um, in, in different, like when I used to work in the auto industry from a customer service standpoint, at one point there were studies that showed if a car buyer had some sort of problem that got resolved well by the dealer, that the car buyer was happier than if they had bought a car that had no problems. And I don't think that became an excuse for, well, let's make sure every car has a problem so we can fix it. But I'm, I'm, I'm curious if somehow going through that rocky stage, if that somehow led your relationship um, to be stronger than it had been if, if you hadn't had that dust up or whatever you might call it. There's no doubt about it. Um, everybody that works for me was pissed off at me at the time for, for saying what I said. Um, but they all just worked harder to rebuild that relationship. And eventually it became stronger and stronger than it would have ever been had, had the dust up not happened. Yeah. And so, you know, Donna's told a story about, um, well, he told two different stories. One was about, you know, sort of trying to create this culture of people owning up to mistakes and not hiding things and, and putting their name um, on the mistake. I mean, your name was literally on the email and the story you told, but I'm curious, what are, what are your views of, of that culture and what Donis and the team have been doing to, to say, Hey, we're going to own up to things and learn from them. That's been our solution since day one. That you screwed up and that's okay. By admitting that you're telling the company that this, this happened, I did it this way and it was the wrong way to do it. And we can fix it next time. And I'll be the person that will take the lead on making sure it never happens again. And and Donis gave you credit for you know you know he, he told this other story about the barrels that he let age too long from from his telling of it. 
And, you know, it's not great when mistakes happen, but, you know, Adonis gave you credit for, you know, reacting, uh, I think you said, like, you know, as well as could be expected. What was your perspective on what happened there and your reaction to it? Well, it was expensive in terms of the amount of inventory that, that we, we lost. But at the same time, nobody's ever ate bourbon whiskey in Texas before. So um, we had to learn from it. We had, at some point, we had to see how long we could age bourbon without losing the contents of that barrel completely. And that's what we learned from it. So now we know today that a five-year-old Texas bourbon um, can have the flavor, taste, texture, aroma of a 25-year-old Kentucky bourbon because of the intense Texas heat. Um, so that's a good learning experience. We know that we don't want to go past seven years. If we go past seven years, there's not going to be any liquid left in that barrel. And we would not, not have known that had we not uh, tested the, the, the outer boundaries of, of maturation. Yeah, and I like the way you put that, testing the boundaries of maturation and what you know. You know, Donna said, um, called what happened. You know, he, he said, I made a stupid mistake. And it's like, well, I don't know if, you know, we, sometimes we don't know what we don't know. Yep. And we're learning mistakes are, are bound to happen. If you're not making, I've, I've heard people say, if you're not making any mistakes, you're not trying hard enough. That's a good point. I like that. Well, Dan, thank you for, uh, for joining us. Um, I certainly like, I, I would say love the whiskey, you know, the, the, the product, but also uh, the people, um, including yourself and Donis and your whole team and the place there in high Texas that I've been fortunate to, uh, to visit so many times. I, I look forward to getting back there again uh, as soon as possible. Great pleasure, Mark. We want you to come back home soon. Well, thanks. So um, again, our, our guest here has been um, Dan Garrison, founder and CEO of Garrison Brothers. Um, you can find them online, Garrison, B-R-O-S, Garrison Bros. Dot com. Uh, as Dan mentioned, you can find them at Total Wine and More and um, distribution um, in, in, in other stores and in many parts of the country, right? You can also, um, there's a, you go to our website, garrisonbrothers.com, there's a list of where you, how, to, how to find Garrison Brothers bottles. You can actually, oh, it right. says find it. Click on that, enter your zip code, and it's going to tell you the nearest location. Well, great. So I hope, uh, hope people will um, check that out. And if they are bourbon drinkers, um, Go ahead and give that a try. So, Dan, hey, thanks thanks so much for sharing your stories with us here today. Great pleasure, Mark. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. I hope this podcast inspires you to pause and think about your own favorite mistake and how learning from mistakes shapes you personally and professionally. If you're a leader, what can you do to create a culture where it's safe for colleagues to talk openly about mistakes in the spirit of learning? Please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Our website is myfavoritemistakepodcast.com. See you next time.